You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up and good morning, War Report family. You got Ike Jones. We are back with another morning drop. Today, we're checking in on a couple of former Auburn Tigers out doing work in the summer league. Y'all know how we do right here, War Report style. Let's drive it on them. Morning drop. We are here. You got Ike Jones, B. Will in the place to be mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. a little Auburn basketball today. Well, not really Auburn basketball, but you know, Auburn basketball no, players. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, and Jabari Smith, Sharif Cooper doing work, man. They're doing their thing in the summer league right now. Wendell Green Jr. also in the summer league, not really getting an opportunity to flourish, but we're here, man. It's a Monday morning, July the 10th. Be Will, how you feeling? I'm doing all right, man. You know, the weather has really been a downer mm. this last week. Can't get much done outside. It's killing me, man, but we're still here. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Definitely glad to be here. Today, we are discussing Sharif Cooper, first and foremost. I'm going to get to the big man in a minute. Let's start. Actually, you know what? No, let's start with Jabari. Let's start with Jabari. Okay. Okay. Because I think there's a broader conversation to be had about Sharif Cooper. Let's start with Jabari Smith. Uh, first and foremost, first summer league game had a rough start. First half yeah. of that game started rough. did not look good for him out there in summer league. There's a lot of buzz around whether or not he was going to be a bust last season. I think he finished strong in the last year. Decided to play summer league, um, and then the conversation shifted to, well, if he's so good, then why does he, as a second year player, need to be in the summer league? Because uh, you have guys like um, what's the kid's name that got drafted by Orlando out of um, Duke, Paolo, yeah, um, Banchero, Banchero. Uh, not playing in the summer league, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, he doesn't n- need another year of development, and Jabari does. And Jabari answers the question about that in his post game, which we'll get to. But mm-hmm. the second half of that game, after, and I, ha- I have to say this, I have to say these miserable, miserable Bama fans out on social media saying, oh, look at him, he's so terrible. I- after they went in on this huge tirade about how he's so terrible, this is his second year in summer league. Look how bad he he closes out the second half of that game mm-hmm. and goes absolutely nuts in the third quarter. And to cap it off, big defensive stop and game winning three with 0.6 seconds left in that game. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it quiet. I don't have nothing to say. <laughs> what happened? You were very loud just Uh, like 20 minutes ago. You were so loud. You had so much to say. And then I saw the narrative shift to, well, he still didn't have a good stat line for the game. If you think that's good for a second year, I'm like, stop, 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 stop. It's so, so I I chose not to, uh, I've been watching my diet. Mm. So instead of eating anything for dessert, it was very sweet to scroll the timeline and see all that crow that everybody else was eating or just the quiet in itself. You see what I'm saying? So you go to the tweet where somebody was talking all that trash and then 20 minutes later it's flipped on his head and what you get is a whole bunch of people going, well, update? Mm-hmm. Huh? Right. 
You 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 want to follow up on that? It's so delicious. It's so it, delicious. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, I, I enjoyed it very much. I had to brush my teeth a second time after eating all of that sweet, sweet revenge. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even really revenge. I mean, what, what? I, I, listen, I, I didn't even say anything. I didn't say anything I, I to anybody. The, I commented on one tweet that eventually I think got deleted where a guy was talking about how that's not a good stat line. And I was like, you must not like Island Iverson then. Right. Right. Literally, yeah. Iverson's stat lines routinely looked like what Jabari Smith's stat line looked like in that game. Not just his first or second year in the league. I'm talking about his entire career. Iverson was a volume shooter and would put up in the 30s uh, in, in points. You know, he averaged, I don't know what Allen Iverson's averages were, but I'm just saying volume shooter, didn't sh- he wasn't an efficient player by any means, but yeah. a prolific scorer. Jabari Smith... I mean, if you go back and look at his success at Auburn, he's a volume guy. He's going to need to get up a lot of shots. But as he starts to get it going, yeah, it's, it gets hard, crazy. it's hard to stop. Mm-hmm. It's hard to stop that young man once he gets it cranking, bro, because that that shot starts, I, for whatever reason, that hoop starts to look like it's 50 feet wide because he, he starts dropping it in the bucket. It is, it's hard to get that momentum stop. Yeah. And, and what's more than that is – to be fair here, to be completely fair, and this is also to Brandon Miller and any other player that might come out of the University of Alabama playing basketball, you can't tell what a player is going to be in year one. You no. cannot. Trying to say after one year that this is exactly who this player is going to be, no. Yeah. No. That, that's not possible. Are there some greats and some exceptions? Yes. It would be great if Jabari were a Hall of Fame player that had come out of college and, and put up 29 in, in four in his rookie season, but that's not the expectation for every player that comes out of any college program. The expectation is you drafted top two or three, you need to be a starter Mm -hmm. for that team and hopefully produce well and be up for a second contract. And the team wants to keep you for your second deal. That is success coming out of college. You get there, you work it out, you become an integral part of what they're trying to do there. And they want to pay you big money to stay. That's success. You can't tell if any guy's going to be there after year one or the first couple summer league games. So while it's fun to kind of compare how poorly Brandon Miller has played, that's that. I don't participate in that. Yeah, I, I have not bagged on Brandon Miller one bit yet. No he, listen, man, it's got. He was going to be a work in progress. He listen, man. He played one year college basketball, bro. Like. Yeah. He's got some maturity that needs to happen physically before he's going to be ready at this level. Right. Um, and I think Brandon Miller's extremely talented. Like, listen, I'm not here. And he and he's he's having rough shooting nights right now. Right. But we saw that latter half of his collegiate career where right. it wasn't coming as easy as it was earlier because teams were teams were paying more attention to him. Mm-hmm. He was, and and it just he struggled to be able to produce. Plus, he got he had injuries later in his collegiate career. Jabari Smith's. Kind of was the opposite. He started slow in his collegiate career, and people right. were like, "Man, where this the dude that y'all was hyping up so much?" Later in the season, though, yeah, that boy yeah. became a bucket, and he's still a bucket, man. And that's how it was his NBA career. He start that right. kind of just kind of is the pattern of Jabari Smith. It's like right. start off a little slow. Let me get the feel of it. Let me, but once he gets into gear, and then we fast forward to game number two. And the way, when he, put up, he put up like 38 in that second game. 38. Hold on, hold on. I got the, the minute count 
Well, this is for all the minutes together. But so he played, he has played 64.4 minutes so far. He scored 71 points across two games in 64.4 minutes. For those who aren't incredibly well acquainted with basketball, if you're scoring a point per minute, that is exceptional production. Yeah, that's for crazy. Your position. That's exceptional crazy. production for your position. Kids have to, they're, people are different people, man. Guys are going to get it at different speeds. What you hope is that by the time a guy gets it, they're ready to contribute and they're consistent. And they're not giving you some of that contract year fool's goal. Like what comes to mind is uh, who's the guy? He was, uh, he was the center for Miami for a little while. Really weird voice. And they shipped him off to Portland. Um, oh uh, gosh, I know exactly who you. I can't think of his name. Long last name. I don't know. It's not. Coming yeah, to me but right anyway, now. he he had a really weird voice. He played a really really good contract year. He had kind of shown Flash a really good shot blocker, mm-hmm. and he was kind of what. Uh, he was not as good as Bam offensively at all, but his production was there for a little bit. And Patrick Riley rolled the dice like, "All right, I'll pay you." Paid him, and he turned the, he turned the switch off. He was like, "Thanks, I just need that contract," and yeah. they shipped him off to Portland. What you hope is that you're getting by year three, mostly you have an idea of who that guy is, what what his work ethic is, and what his skill set is, can be, and what his ceiling can be. And Jabari is, he already had the maturity, I think, for a young player that kind of exceeds most young players. He was responsible. He was accountable. And Bruce Pearl was able to push him. To hold, to, to hold him accountable for his defense, which Jabari wanted to be that guy. We've seen it in these summer league games. He is a good defensive player. He excels blocking shots and even playing on ball defense as well. So it's no surprise that he's excelling here. He has to see it, take it in, accept the challenge, and then he rises to it. That's exactly what we're seeing from Jabari here. So his production... It does not surprise me at all. I guess it's still surprising some other people. Even some Rockets fans who are like, man, they sold us a bill of goods on Jabari. I'm like, boy, you so stupid. Y'all coaching situation is terrible. Y'all got a bunch of people that want the ball. Jabari just has to kind of find out where to fit in here. Like, there was no structure to what the Rockets were doing last year. I didn't expect him to be able to shine in that type of environment. I expect much better from him this year because they've got more young players who will be able to fill out and... To, to put together a cohesive team defensive effort is something that I think will happen now under Ime Udoka. Jabari is primed to break out this year. This is going to be a good year for him. A good year for him. Yeah, I look forward to seeing what uh, Jabari is able to produce this season. Um, and I, you know what? And he's always been this guy, but I still love it. He was talking trash because mm-hmm. uh, old buddy who was guarding him got a bucket on him early. And was and was chirping at him a little bit about how he was too small. He kind of bullied him a little bit under the basket. Mm-hmm. And then Jabari started lighting him up. And after he hit a three, fourth quarter, he comes back down court, pointing back, and he's like, "Man, the dude can't he can't guard me, bro." <laughs> that was like, wonderful, man. Get this man wonderful. off me. Get y'all ain't got nobody else to check me. This this what you got? I said, "Yeah, that's that's, that's something beautiful. That's the Jabari I know and love right there because yeah. he he he." He, I, I was endeared to him at Auburn when he started doing it. I was like, "Oh yeah, he got yeah. that." Yeah, that's 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 that Hooper chirp right there. Like, come mm-hmm. on, bro. Like this, none of y'all. Which one of y'all on this team is gonna actually stop me from doing what I want to do? Yeah, I love, I love to see it, man. Love to see it. War Report family, you are listening to the Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. 
We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Drop! Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. But let's shift the conversation to one Sharif Cooper, who mm-hmm. uh, another one and done for Auburn. Bruce Pearl yep. has been producing those frequently, but hasn't had his opportunity in the NBA yet, but is really killing it in the summer league, right? Like he was killing it in the G League and now in the summer league, proving, yep. I think, why Sharif Cooper should at least get a two way contract. Yep. Um, but what are your thoughts on what young Sharif Cooper has done thus far in the uh, NBA summer league? Man, it it, it kind of hurts to see Sharif balling like this after some extended time in G League because I felt like year two Sharif Cooper, we could have gotten some of this if he had stayed at Auburn for a second year. But man, why didn't he stay at four second year? So you see some of the 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 shot creation, you see the the ball handling and and the ability to dish. You you see it and you were like, this is what we needed in in the season with Jabari. We we needed this. <laughs> it would have been amazing to have a guy. Um, that athletic and that quick. I mean, Wendell, he held he held it down and he did a, a decent job, but uh, Sharif, I think, is superior to Wendell, as is evidenced by Sharif and Wendell being on the same squad right now in Summer League and Sharif right. getting all the minutes and the, the opportunity right now. But does it surprise me? No. It doesn't surprise me that he's doing this here because I saw him do it in his G League uh, stint last year. He was exceptional in that G League stint, and that's the reason he got uh, uh, a camp invite for the Cavs. So, does this mean he can move up to the next step? Uh, I think size is still going to be the biggest hindrance for, for Reef. Right. But that doesn't mean that he can't get on the court. Like, he could be a backup uh, point guard in the league. Do they have a better backup point guard on the Cavs? I have no idea what the, what the makeup right. of, of their roster is. So, it's it's hard for me to say. But I know that if you're in... If you're in camp, if you're in the the first year, second year player camp during during the summer league, this isn't G League. This is actually a little bit of the G League because you're playing against players who are at least NBA sized. Okay, these are the players who just got drafted. That means they have high potential or the team thinks they have high potential. You're playing with the players who have an opportunity to be on the roster, who are most likely going to be on the roster. So yeah, you have that shot. And I think you show out among those players, you have a very good opportunity to get on the roster. I don't know if they have that spot for him. Again, I think size is going to be the biggest hindrance. I would give Sharif a spin. Why not? If you can excel where you're at, I'm always going to give you a spin. But I, I don't I don't know what the roster makeup is of the Cavs. So it's hard to argue with his production, though. So at this point in the game, him having um, 17 and a half points per game, shooting 56% from the field. You shoot 56%. And you've got uh, five assists to less than one. Uh, uh, well, I that, think it's that's the thing that I want to highlight the most is he's he's yeah. just he's efficient with the basketball. Yeah. And he's not a guy that seems to be a liability when he's out there on the court defensively, despite yeah. him being undersized. Um, I don't know what his plus minus is looking like right now, but Sharif Cooper is the kind of guy that needs to be on someone's NBA roster as yeah. many bad guards as there are out there right like when you talk about going too deep into somebody's bench and you can't trust the backup point guard to come in there and give you quality minutes Sharif Cooper is not one of those guys the one knock that I think will be on Sharif Cooper is not going to be his size it's going to be his three-point shooting yeah yeah so far two of three so far so he's not doing a lot of it but that's to his strength because he's not a great three-point shooter yeah and but 
to to be a guard at that size, most teams expect you to be able to come in and knock down threes because what you know this that's just kind of the, the nature of today's NBA. A lot of uh, pick and roll action, a lot of ISO action, but to have the space necessary to be able to operate, you have to have guys who can knock down shots. And if you're not going to be a focal point guy like a Chris Paul, where you're going to be ball dominant out there and you're directing everybody as a secondary guard. Unless you're going to a team that's already kind of accustomed to that and they've got shooters around a Chris Paul right. type of point guard, right. um, you're not going to be able to come in off the bench unless you can come in and knock down shots. Right. Um, so that's probably the only knock on Sharif Cooper right now. But I do think that his talent and his play thus far should allow him to be able to make someone's roster. There's enough bad players in the NBA that you can't tell me Sharif <laughs> Cooper is not good enough to be on somebody's roster. Enough of y'all trash. I'm going to get a shot somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Listen, man. Yeah. L- listen, I think the same thing of a lot of guys who have been uh, on uh, the the uh, two-way contract uh, purgatory out yeah. there from Auburn. Um, but I do think that Sharif Cooper is a guy who deserves it. Um, and hopefully he will be able to get his shot. He'll be able to play his way into that situation right now. Yeah. Um, the last guy that is out there trying to do something in the NBA G League, uh, uh, excuse me, Summer League, that I don't think is even really getting a fair chance right now is Wendell Green. Mm. Um, he's played a sum total of five minutes in two games, and all five of those came in this last game. And he had five points in five minutes. To your point, a point per minute is good, but, I mean, they were all in garbage time. He hit a three, and then he had another bucket. Yeah. Um, Wendell's not really getting a shot, man. I mean, I know he's out there, and he's you know he, he might still be able to garner some sort of G League contract after this um, yeah. just for making the Summer League team, but... Uh, it's looking as if it's going to have to be overseas for him right now if the early returns are uh, going to continue to be that way. Not because he ha- – it's just because he hasn't been playing, man. Like, yeah. yeah. He's got he's got to get out there on the court. We say this all the time uh, when we're talking about the transfer portal in regard to these young men that are making decisions with football is it's hard to make a roster when you don't have tape. Right. Yeah. And unless people, you know, he didn't get the the summer runs in there, uh, you know, on any of those camps that they had going into the draft. Uh, yeah. So he, nobody got mm-hmm. to see him in those situations. And if he's not going to get any run during the summer league, man, I don't know how he makes a G League roster other than somebody being like, well, we'll take a flyer on you. Um, so, right. you know, overseas may be the professional route that he's going to have to take in the short term. Uh, so hopefully, you know, he'll as summer league progresses, he'll start to get a chance. But right now, it's not it's not looking like he's getting much of an opportunity out there. Yeah, he's not. And and I think we all thought it would be a bit of an uphill battle mm-hmm. for for Wendell because he wasn't so effective at his size that it was going to put off some of the worries about his size. So he had some. It was going to be an uphill battle, especially yeah. when we're talking NBA. And NBA was going to be an uphill battle because you've got guys that can produce what you produce and they're bigger. So, you know, he was a bit of a defensive liability at times in college and in the pros. Like, I mean, I don't know what you you might see a six, four guard and you're supposed to be stopped. What what are you going to do with that? I don't, I don't know what you expect Wendell to do with that. He's not just the most physical, a small guard. It's not like he's a a chunky, like a Raymond Felton was built. Like, okay, he can, he can stop somebody or at least keep that person from just taking them down to the post and, and doing whatever to him. But, Wendell is at a disadvantage in multiple ways, so he would have to ball out of his mind. He, that means he needs to be assisting 
at, at such a high rate or shooting crazy from outside, similar to what Jared Harper could do. Mm-hmm. But Jared Harper was also like three inches shorter than Wendell. So that size disparity was just too, too. Jared Harper is another guy who I think is being criminally done and he's not and i don't see why he's not on the nba right his athleticism is off the charts and he shoots lights out lights out but that size though they big, big guards man you six six three six four and you're like five eight like it's it, it's it's such a hurdle to overcome so but he's just I, so quick man like and he's he bouncy is. like I, he, he's different man we talked about this before man jerry Harper. he'd be on my bro. squad yeah. he'd be on my squad you know what i'm saying but um i, I think for wendell He's not, he doesn't excel at anything enough to overcome the, the size disparity that he has. So, I mean, you see it right now, Sharif's not a big guard, but he's balling and yeah. he's getting those minutes before Wendell does. So, um, best of luck to him. Maybe he can make a G League squad. Maybe it can be overseas. I think he can ball. If he gets the opportunity, I think he will ball wherever he's at. I don't, I have trouble believing it's going to be the NBA because of how small he is, but right. um, G League overseas, I think he'll have a shot. Yeah, and uh, you probably see me looking down so much. Hassan Whiteside is there. I, I had to go look the name. Yeah, yes, so, it, that's it, that's it. Yeah. Hassan that Whiteside was, is the name ooh, he's trying to look for. He got that contract there. He just stopped trying. <laughs> <laughs> that boy said, man, I'm done. Yeah, I think I'm he staying. went overseas, if I'm not mistaken. In his I would not be surprised. There, so. I would not be surprised. But yeah, man, listen, uh, we are going to keep track of what's going on with these guys during the summer league as it progresses. So much uh, luck to all the the Auburn Tigers who are currently battling for contracts. Uh, well, not there's only two of them battling for contracts and then Jabari Smith continuing his progression. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but I like Jabari Smith's response to all of this. Why should he play in the summer league or why is he did, did he decide to? He's like, look, man, we weren't a very good team last year mm-hmm. and I'm not even 20 years old. Like I need to be out here continuing because here's the thing man paulo banchero might not play in the summer league but he's going to be out there playing in somebody he's going to be playing somewhere yeah so why not play against guys who are trying to make the nba as opposed to some random you know drew league i mean not to say that the competition is but the drew league is still even though the talent is going to be there a lot of those guys either have no hope to make the NBA. So they're not really NBA caliber talents today. They're like former players or, you know what I'm saying? That kind of mm-hmm. thing. Or they're kind of like rec league guys, right? So they're, you know, mm-hmm. they're just not at that level. And it's really more exhibition style basketball for the right. most part, right. right? Like guys aren't out there battling for contracts in the true league. Like you right. might have of the 10 guys on the court, four of them, will be NBA caliber players and actually out there trying to make, make an impression because they right. want to show that they can beat, you know, an NBA guy. But huh. every last guy on the roster in the G League and in the Summer League is absolutely fighting to try to make it to the NBA. They're not mailing yeah. in any games, any minutes. They're out there trying to hoop because they want somebody to give them a contract. Right, right. And, and, so and there's value level in the competition. Yeah, there's value in that. It's, it's real competition, but there, it's also real competition from guys who are equally as athletic as you, yeah. who are equally as hungry as you. Like Jabari's spot might be secured on the Rockets. Sure, he's a he's a very good young prospect. But these guys who just got in here, these are some guys who they just got drafted. They got drafted high as well. They have right. something, or they didn't get drafted so high. And they have something to prove here. Like, and some, some or, of them are like three, four years into the league and just are fighting to 
elevate themselves yeah. within the roster spots. You know what I'm saying? Or like I said, they're G League guys that have not had their opportunity. So yeah. it's just different, man. And I think anybody trying to act as if, number one, it's not unusual for a second year player, regardless no. of where they're drafted, to be it's playing not. in the summer league. That's that's pretty normal, actually. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, um, and I don't know, man. But again, this is me trying to combat a lot of nonsense that's being spilled spilled out here from mostly Alabama fans that I see floating across my timeline. And I'm just like, y'all, y'all really like, please focus on the guy that went to school there with y'all. That is actually the multiple guys that are fighting for roster spots. None of which are actually performing really well in the summer league. Like you don't have any of that energy for any Mm. of those guys. That's that's, 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 it's very weird to me. Like you have a very weird energy that is coming from that sector of the fan base. Yeah, speaking of weird energy, did you see what happened to J.D. Davidson? No, what happened to him? He had a little wardrobe malfunction, and uh, that's all I'm gonna say. If y'all in the chat, y'all saw it, y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, they gonna let's just say they're gonna have to put the Tide in the in the Clorox to his shorts after that mm. last game he played because uh, mm. he had a little stain down there. But mm. no, I, neither here nor there. I, I saw somebody see, make let, a very. That's what I'm saying, like J.D. Davidson, bro. Like he got, he's a first round draft pick. Which was which still boggled my mind. Yeah, but it's all about measurables, right? Because he's tall enough, could leave out the gym. Yeah, yeah. So they thought, hey, I'm going to take a spot. Yeah, but he didn't get on the on the Celtics game day roster at any point. He didn't contribute to them last year. He didn't. Uh, he's still battling for. I, I saw him playing for their G League affiliate. I saw some clips of that, but JD Davis. I don't know if he's good or not. I'm not telling you he's bad. He's still there. I ain't so seen I mean. It. I ain't seen nothing from him in the first round. Think he's good, so yes, I don't know. I didn't see it in college. I didn't see it now. It's still wild to me that Scottie Pippen Jr. The way I saw him ball at Vanderbilt had to to sign a free agent deal, and JD Davison, which I saw virtually nothing from at Alabama for his collegiate career, got drafted first round. That was wild to me. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. The the way that and again that underscores to me why Sharif Cooper needs to be getting played time. But anyway, uh, we're gonna uh, go to you guys' comments. But before we do, we definitely want to continue to let you guys know about Harmon Mechanical. We appreciate those who patronize them. Head over to HarmonMechanical.com. If you're in the Auburn area, they can hit your HVAC system hooked up. Give them a call at 334-219-0717. Harmon Mechanical is there when you need air. Make sure you lock them in for an initial consultation, and they will get you guys ready to go. Yo, you know what? I want to chime in right here because Harmon Mechanical came through, and I told y'all multiple times, the consult was professional for us, was on time. But something else has been on my mind because it got really hot for like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And I told y'all he gave me a very thorough consult about, hey, here's what you probably need to address right now. Here's what can wait for a, maybe a, a few months. And here's what's pie in the sky. You want everything to be absolutely perfect with your system. I was thinking about that console from Forrest once it hit about 95. Now, fortunately for us, it was supposed to get like 98, 99. And every week, because really the thunderstorms have not stopped for the last month, it's been cooler than anticipated, which has helped how hard this HVAC system has had to work. But I can tell you within the month, B-Wheel's going to get that that call to Harmon Mechanical. Forrest is going to get back out here and ensure that my system does not go out because I can't have one of these 95-degree days and then the system goes out. No, sir. No, sir. We don't want to be in that position. I don't have enough fans in this house for that. Harmon Harmon Mechanical will be the first people I call. It's going to happen in the next two weeks here. 
for sure. They are definitely poised and ready to make it happen for you. So if you're in the area, make sure you give them a call as well and tell them the war report sent you. We are going to make our way over here to the comment section and see what you all have been saying. We definitely appreciate all the new members coming on board with the war report. So Lila, I see you in here. <laughs> we'll start off the conversation though with Jeremy Locke, who says Jabari Smith will have a better year under Ime Udoka and be an all-star selection. Thanks to Barry Smith has an opportunity to be an all-star this year. All-star potential for Jabari in year two, be will what you thinking? <sighs> all-star. He's the problem. Here's the problem with that right now. He is the most, exp- or listen, he's the most talented person on the summer league team. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that he would shine like that. He yeah. is going to have a lot of ball needy players on his team. Now I expect Ime Udoka. Is uh is is the James Harden thing? Is that like are they definitely it's getting not him? Okay, it, it's not. Um, as a matter of fact, somebody uh pointed to this was like a report. You know, like the NBA rumor season pointed to James Harden was turned off by the fact that when Jalen Green was on Paul uh, George's podcast, he said, "Well, Paul George actually said to him, I don't think James Harden coming there is great for your development." Y'all are going through the struggles right now. You're figuring out how to make it work. You don't need somebody in there taking all those minutes and all the ball handling and all the stuff that is going to make you better the more you do it. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Green very softly agreed with him. Well, apparently, uh, Jalen uh, James Harden was off-put by that. It's like, hey, well, shut up. You old, you washed up, you fold every time you get in the playoffs, James Harden. Don't come here. Leave Playoff these young James boys is, alone. Is probably one of the most disappointing things that exists out there like he's had some moments in those series against uh golden state when he was at houston yeah but inevitably a james harden led team is gonna fold in the playoffs and they just it just it, he hasn't been that guy to get people over the hump yeah yeah and and i mean really a joel and b led team didn't seem to be the difference either so um but yeah I, what's gonna be going on with houston right now he's balling in the summer league i do think he has He's realizing his power. Jabari is. Jabari is realizing I can do, I can be this dude in the NBA. And he's going to start to become that dude. He probably doesn't peak for another two, three years as he starts to get stronger, as he applies himself and realizes that, okay, now I remember it was one game this season. Somebody was was talking on Twitter. And he said, Man, I got to get up and guard MB tomorrow. He's taking these challenges. Now he was taking that challenge with an 18-year-old. He's got a long way to go. I I am expecting not him for hit, for him to hit All Star this season. Ime has a lot to work out with that squad and the talent that they have there. The following season and maybe after that, within the next two years, Jabari will be an All Star because he's got that talent and he's got that drive. I don't think it'll be this year though. He's a classic three and D guy. He's going to be mm-hmm. a guy who can knock down threes and he's going to play hard defense for you. Um, you know. He could be, you know, uh, yeah, I think it's a stretch to say all-star this season just from, to your point, I don't know that he'll have the stats because of how many ball-dominant guys are on that team. And right. Jabari is, we talked about him, in order for him to be really successful, he's going to need volume. And I right. don't know that anybody's going to feed him the volume necessary to do that. But right. he's going to be a guy that's going to be a good contributor for that team as Yudoka gets in there and figures out a better system to get him involved in spots and games. He can yeah. be, you know, a 15-point-per-game guy um, yeah, for sure. in, in, in this coming season uh, in that in that system if used appropriately. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valencia Jackson comes in and says, Jabari saved Houston in plenty games in the last season. 
Listen, yeah, man, he, he had some start to turn on. Yeah, he had mm-hmm. some game winning buckets. Uh, or he had at least one game-winning bucket that I can remember. Uh, but some good late clutch uh, buckets that he was able to hit for that team. He's just got, you know, uh, overused turn, but definitely has the dog in it. He has that no moment feels too big for me. I want to take that shot. I want to be the guy with the ball in my hands. I want the defensive responsibility of locking somebody down at the end of the game. He has all of that. Uh, as he starts to develop his bag a little bit more, uh, he's going to be a guy that you just kind of have to reckon with. And he's going to be a guy, I think, uh, if Houston doesn't get it figured out in year two, by year three, uh, someone's going to want to trade for Jabari to be that additional piece to a championship roster kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll say this. Houston has an opportunity because so many of their players are so young. <sighs> They're going to ride with what's now that core of Jalen Green. Who's the other guy on Houston? He's a pretty good scorer. I can't remember his name right now. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. But Jalen, that guy, Jabari, and now you got, was it Amen Thompson that, that they just drafted? Mm-hmm. He got hurt. So they're building a very, very good team. I think they probably keep that core together. Kind of what they did with the Celtics. At least that makes sense to me. All these guys are young enough. You can build their playoff experience together. And then you can see if they've got it eventually. Like, they just broke up the core of the Celtics by trading Marcus Smart. And I get it. It was probably time because they had had a whole bunch of bites at the apple. But I I think you give those Rockets a good... I don't think Jabari gets traded before his first contract extension. I think he gets extended at whatever full price is for his skill set and how he's valued in the league, which I think will be very highly. And then you'll see... Some some really good attempts at the Rockets to make a run, and if they, it doesn't work after that, we're talking like four years from now. With, before that's when we'll see. All right, it's not working here. Let's break something down. But I mean, if you ask me, I keep Jabari as a centerpiece because of the size, the shooting, the defense. Like you, that's a guy you need on a team. That's a championship piece right there. Yeah, no matter that, where that's what I'm at. saying. I think that teams will come. I don't think Houston's going to want to get rid of him. I think right, that there right. are going to be okay. suitors who are going to want to come in and say, you guys aren't using this guy right. We'll give you these two or three pieces, maybe a second round draft pick and, and a, you know, uh, something. And, and because he's going to be a guy that they know he's going to come in he's going to play defense. He's going to knock down open shots when we rotate the ball over to him. And in stretches in the game, we can just give him the ball to go get a bucket. That's yeah. a guy you want as a championship piece. I went and looked up the Houston Rockets roster while we were sitting here talking. Mm. DJ Augustine, Dylan Brooks is in Houston right now. That's right. Sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> Tari Eason. Um, Eason was one of the guys, yeah. Jalen Green is there right now. Kevin Porter Jr. probably the other person. That's what I was thinking about. about. That's what I was thinking about. That's Jabari about. Smith. Fred Van Fleet now over on the Houston. Oh, they got a squad. Cam Whitmore mm-hmm. uh, and the rest of these guys. I mean, I could name them, but I don't know Amen. if they're anybody. Okay. Yeah, Amen there. Trevor Hudgen, uh, uh, Huggins. I don't know that it's going to be uh, Boban. Uh, Mar- really? Marjanovic, yes, is there. Huh. Uh, you know, they can, they can win 38. They can win 38 games with their squad. And Eme coaching. Yeah, this is, is a good it's, it's, it's a decent team. It's a decent squad that they've got put together right now. So it's going to yeah. be interesting to see how they're able to develop all of that young talent with a coach that has been proven that he can work well with the young athletic guys. For sure, for uh, sure. Haley jumps in and says, Bama fans know nothing about Bama basketball. They didn't even watch till last season. Um, yeah. They're a little hard to take. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> they're, they're a little hard to take. I, I get, I get 
frustrated with like the people who have been watching basketball for a long time for Bama that are Bama fans, but still have absolutely horrendous basketball takes um, that are that are so loud. Like, and it's yeah. just like I I know that you watch basketball, but I don't think that you know what you're watching when you watch basketball, right? And I just like I just want you to not talk about stuff so because it's like it, it gets very uneven, right? Because I, I promise you, and I'm not going to give this guy any shine. I saw this one guy who was very loud about Jabari go crazy when Brandon Miller had that second half dunk in the game against San Antonio. And uh, they he posted a, a clip of it was a foul. Let's be clear. Uh, he <laughs> Brandon Miller was playing against Wimby and Wimby like was uh, turning to try to, you know, post him up. And Brandon Miller strips the ball out of him. He's like, oh, he had him. Uh, he had him locked down. I was like, no, he didn't. He fouled him, bro. They just didn't call it. <laughs> like, if you go back and why he clearly smacks this dude across the arm, and that's why the ball came. Like, but 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 Jabari is a bust in his stat. Like, look at his stat line. And it's like, did you see Brandon Miller's stat line? Like, if we're yeah, going to talk gross. about, like, let's talk about, if we're going to talk about stat lines, let's talk about, it. like, again, I don't have a reason to bag on Brandon Miller, but if your take is going to be like this against Jabari, why are you not this strong against Brandon Miller? It's he did not have a good stat line in any game that he's played in so far. There's not a yeah. single one of them that's looked good, and he didn't have as much productivity even with the. He didn't get to the free throw line as often. His usage rate wasn't very good. We didn't have very many high. He didn't have very many high assist games. He's turned the ball over a bunch. He's fouling a bunch. Like, yeah, he, he looks like a rookie, and yeah. but that's okay for him to look like a rookie. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with you subsequently trying to act as if Jabari Smith is terrible. Right. Yeah, we don't have to do that. And that's that that's really you understand now the the Alabama Auburn rivalry. Fans take it seriously and they take it to heart. And people ask all the time, what's the most bitter rivalry, sports rivalry? I, I have never been involved in, in an NFL rivalry. I've heard that some of those professional games, like people actually get into fist fights. At the games, the visiting fans with the home fans, never experienced it, can't speak to it. In college, I don't know what Ohio State Michigan is like. Uh, I'm, I imagine that that's a pretty serious one. I yeah. don't know what Carolina Duke is like. I imagine that one is really serious. I've heard it's really serious up there. Mm -hmm. But I know the level of stupid I see from Alabama fans, uneducated input on yeah. things that they don't understand. It is appalling and i do a lot of muting because i don't even want to see that level yeah. of stupid on my, on my yeah I, I had to go on a muting spree after that i was just like y'all y'all yeah. aren't you, you're not serious like i i was fine <laughs> when jabari wasn't doing well and people bagging on him i wasn't fine with them not being like okay you know what i was wrong and there were a couple people who did say you know what i yeah I, i'll shut up now yeah. but if you can't come back and say you were wrong and then you subsequently can't be like yeah man b miller's not doing good right now bro i'm gonna need him to step like be fair if it's not good, it's not good. But be fair when you are loud about when people aren't playing good. That's all yeah. I ask. But you know, that's a lot to ask. That is a, a lot, lot to ask. Expecting, expecting a lot out yeah. of the general public. <laughs> yeah. Chris S. says, don't let Sharif get onto the Miami Heat. They'll find a way to use him. You Listen, know, I, he's kind of got the Miami will make something out of some, some players that everybody else said weren't quite good enough. Listen, that, that I talked about sense. the fact that I really like Eric Spolster as a head coach. I think that he's phenomenal at being able to extract talent um, out of players and putting them in good positions. 
Um, yeah, you, if you, you can't, I don't ever want to bet against a head coach that I think is as, as intelligent as Eric Spolster to find a way to use players that I think have NBA level talent. Agree. Agree. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Jewell jumps in and says it would be really cool to have Sharif and Okoro playing together on the Cavs. That'd be cool. cool. I mean, as an Auburn fan, I'd like to be able to see that. Um, Mm -hmm. Hmm. it could work. I I wonder, uh, I mean... Coro is essentially a three and D guy now too. Um, yeah. and he, but he's he's his role has lessened because you've gotten you know guys who need big minutes with the ball in their hand like Mitchell and uh, Darius. What's his last name? Darius Garland. 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 Yeah. Balling pretty hard. So, but they're not deep enough. They're not deep enough. I, it's one thing when they got put out of the tournament. I think it was the Knicks that they lost to in the first round last year. You could see that they really could only go six or seven guys deep. So, yeah, they need a couple more guys. I don't know if ball handling was the biggest issue, though. And that's one thing I, d- I didn't see because I didn't watch a lot of the Cavs last year. So, maybe. Because, I mean, Reef's a ball handler and a a, uh, a shot generator by being able to to drive. That has value. I don't know how much value it has for them. You got to say, hey, what is the coach trying to do? Right. And do you have somebody who's filling this role already? So, who needs a ball handler and a distributor that's very athletic? Uh, whoever that, that team is, Sharif can definitely find a way to be there. Yeah, that's why I I would like him on a team. And I keep mentioning Chris Paul on on a team like Golden State, right? Because as Chris Paul comes off the bench, Sharif Cooper, and this by no means am I saying Sharif Cooper is Chris Paul, but he's, as far as his ability to be a a distributor and a kind of a mid-range shot maker, Mm -hmm. because Chris Paul's not going to be a volume three-point shooter, but he's going to be able to get you into your offense. He's going to be able to distribute the ball to the people who can make those shots. Uh, Smart player, um, high assist to turnover ratio, right? Like he's going to be that kind of guy. So I think you would want to put him in a situation where you can put shooters around him. Um, And so a, a situation like Golden State, I think works really well for a guy like him. Uh, Lucas Jewell jumps in. Speaking of former Auburn players, just check the War Ready basketball team roster. And Zep, Dangel, Horace, and Malik are all on it. Can't wait to watch what they do uh, later on in that. So definitely looking forward to seeing what they do. Uh, War Ready, not a team that I, I, I am particularly watching a lot of, but they do have a lot of yeah. former Auburn players on that team. Where? So where? What? Somebody chime in. Where can you actually watch these yeah. games? Because I don't know. Um, I, I never catch these games. I see some info about it fly across a social media timeline at times, but I want to know where I can watch it. So maybe if there's nothing else is going on, hey, I can throw the game on, see some former Tigers play ball. Yeah. Um, we got the kid jumping in saying, I think Jabari's ceiling is Dirk Nowitzki. Honestly, I think hmm. he could copy his game. I think he's better than Dirk. I, I think his his skill set... He's more athletic this. than Dirk. He's more athletic than Dirk. That's Dirk's the win. taller. I, I, I don't think... He's not better than Dirk in that he will be as great as Dirk and the Whiskey. Let me—I don't want anybody to assume that's what I meant. His skill set right now—he's going to be a, a better defensive player than Dirk already, with what he can do and has been able to do so far. Dirk committed himself to defense, but I don't think he was a natural defender like Jabari is. But also, I don't know if Jabari is going to be that type of scorer, though. That's the biggest difference. Um, what he does on defense, and he can also put the ball down. Pretty well, he's getting better at that, and that's something that Dirk had to work at as well. Yeah. Dirk is early, why I think that's a fair comparison because neither fair. one of them are particularly great ball handlers, right? Uh, Jabari is so early in his career, though, and maybe his athleticism could be the difference. I, I think that's actually, you know, what I think that that's probably his ceiling. That the kid, I'm with you, you convinced me, 
That's his ceiling. His ceiling is continue to shoot, start putting the ball on the floor way ahead of the the trajectory that Dirk was on, and then you can be an all-around scorer. But again, 15 years ago, that was unique to Dirk being that height and being able to do that and shoot well. Today, I mean, what's his name? Just won the championship. Uh, The finals MVP, Jokic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Being able to shoot and pass and distribute is not as rare as it used to be when Dirk first got in the league 20 years ago. So um, that is his ceiling. That doesn't mean he'll be as great as Dirk with what Dirk was able to do on the teams he had. But I agree. Skill set wise, I I think that could be a ceiling. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Dirk was it, I think, underrated, but very elite with his footwork and um, his post game. Yeah, he was. Uh, I don't think that Jabari is is elite in that aspect. He's got a great mid-range game and he can shoot up over the top of most players that he'd be matched up against. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give the nod to Jabari in at this level in his career, like year two going into year two defensively. Right. I think Jabari right. is a better defender on ball than Dirk um, really ever was. Dirk wasn't ever a particularly great defensive player because um, right. he just didn't have the lateral foot. Uh, quickness to be able to stay with most players that he was going up against definitely wasn't strong enough for the guys that were taller as tall as right, him. Right. Um, but Dirk is a, an elite shot creator. Like he, he creates his own shot at an elite level. Right. Jabari's not elite at creating shots to me. He is more right. of a, you know, one or two, you know, dribbles, get into his shot kind of guy step back, get to the, you know, three-point shot or swing it to him, he's going to knock down the open situation. Dirk was an ISO nightmare. Right, right. I You get Dirk into ISO, he's a nightmare because he, at all three levels, he absolutely knows how to get shots off. And at his height, yeah. it's really difficult to block it. Like, uh, Jabari's not there yet. But yeah, if, right. he, if he can create that sort of uh, ability for himself, I believe he has the, the, the shooting skills to be able to do that. But sure. um, but yeah, Dirk Dirk offensively is just he was again he's one of those guys that's one of a kind. He's actually, in my opinion, a better comp for a guy like Wimby than KD. Like they're trying to make the Wimby comps to KD. Wimby ain't got no. he ain't got again. I just I there are people who are absolute unicorns, and it's hard to make real comparisons. KD is a guy. I get tired of people trying to compare people to Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant. Is absolutely a six foot eleven guard. Yeah, like he is yeah. a guard that is playing in a very like Dirk is is in a different kind of like because he doesn't have really guard skill. He had guard shooting ability, but he had right. guard skill. KD has guard skills, bro. Like yeah. he really putting people on skates out there. Yeah, yeah. I ain't seen nobody wouldn't be putting nobody on skates yet. No, he he's done some things that are unusual for his height. Like yeah. he's more agile than most players. His height. Maybe yeah, anybody he, his height. Dirk is a better comparison athletically, right. but yeah, he ain't he ain't KD, bro. Like let's, and he definitely can't shoot like KD. Like has he he made what one three pointer so far? I don't know. I, and I, and, I and a, a lot of ugly air balls, bricks. Like yeah, that Kevin Durant be was coming though. in hooping, bro. Yeah, he was a hooper. Kevin. <laughs> it's it's not a fair comparison. The only reason they say that is because they're both really skinny. That's really it. That's that's where the comparison stopped. Body type. That's it. Yeah, so, it, I, yeah. I, the, the lazy comparisons that people make with some of these players is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we are going to get out of here. We appreciate you guys dropping in with us. As always, War Eagle, we're out of here. Peace. Peace.
Jurassic.